0: Well, hello and welcome to Finding Our Way, our Southridge Church member podcast designed to give people the inside scoop on life in our church. Here's our host and lead pastor, Jeff Lockyer. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another edition of Finding Our Way. Uh, I've got... I'll say regular uh, guest commentator here, Nate Dirks, uh, back with us because, Nate, it was just 10 weeks ago that uh, you joined us in this conversation. So welcome back, man. Thanks. I appreciate it. Yeah, that's at least semi-regular. I
1: think that counts for something.
0: Yeah, usually it's like a, a, a minimum of a six-month window between b- before we have a returnee, but uh, we have our annual Hope Lives series coming up. And uh, both for our members and for leaders listening, uh, I love to get uh, the action pastors take on kind of why we do that and, and uh, you know, what we're going to be talking about this year. So uh, we'll dive into that in just a moment. Um, do you want to give any sort of current events update on how your world's been going these days?
1: Yeah, for sure. We're, we're just living the family life for sure. We've got our three young boys Malachi Isaiah and Elijah who are seven three and two and so life is just busy with them but it also feels like they're we're, we're kind of in the stage where it's just fun and they're more capable when we hiking in the gorge with just me and the three boys the other day and it was like oh they can all do it they'll just walk and they're they're a part of it and stuff and it's been fun and and my wife Taryn has been uh just in a new job and schooling and all kinds of things going on there and so yeah we're just in like a family and lots of things going on life stage but it's been a good season for us.
0: One thing that uh, we're not talking about today, but I'd love you to speak to, uh, especially for Southridge members listening, is that one week after this release, uh, you're actually bringing in a pretty cool guest speaker for an event at Southridge. Do you want to talk about that? What's going to be happening on November
1: 21st? Yeah, absolutely. And it's relevant to this whole conversation. But we're going to be uh, doing an event on Monday, November 21st, 7 to 9 p.m., with uh, featuring a a special guest in Shane Claiborne and Shane Claiborne is probably known to some of us in the community. And uh, for some of us would have been, would have been myself included, just impactful uh, in years past with a number of the the books that he wrote. Uh, and uh, in particular, there's a book that he wrote called The Irresistible Revolution that just really speaks to the heart of Jesus for uh, living a lifestyle of mutuality with people experiencing marginalization, a lifestyle of social justice and how that actually impacts every part of our walk with christ and every part of our daily life and everything that we do and he's just got great stories and just amazing ways that he's lived that out and he's gonna be coming to that on the tail end of our uh, or kind of in response to sort of our uh, shelter retreat that we did a few weeks ago and this is sort of the follow-up for that that we're inviting our whole community to celebrate that with us and just enjoy and and celebrate community together so that's going to be a really good night
0: uh, if someone's listening and they're not from our St. Catherine's location, can they still participate? Like, describe who this is for.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Absolutely, this is for everybody, for all of us to celebrate this together. So, um, from no matter what location you're from, the the this lifestyle is is true for all of us. And a good speaker like Shane Claiborne is just fun to be able to to come and enjoy in together. So, we're we're hoping that a lot of people will just come out and join uh, in the fun of that night from regardless of which Southridge location you're from. And we hope to see everybody out there.
0: Awesome. Now, the the week following that, or the 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 weekend following that, we're going to launch into uh, a message series that uh, has become quite a tradition around here. That we refer to every year as Hope Lives. Um, can you describe for us just the vision behind this annual investment of this series?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Hope Lives just comes at a time that's sort of a peak time in our calendar as we're, we're gearing up for Christmas. And we we tend to just schedule that in for that time of the year because this is also sort of a, a peak conversation and part of our community in taking ourselves to the next level and becoming a missional community, uh, just recognizing the realities of social challenges around us in our neighborhood and around the world, and basically just giving us the opportunity for ourselves to name that yes, we are actually called to move our lives to change those challenges in the world around us and all around the world. And so it's this reminder of this incredible and really epic call that we have on our lives from Jesus. And for us, the the name Hope Lives uh, just, I think, speaks to the positive trajectory that we just believe that God is just leading our world in and inviting us to be a part of. And so it's just an exciting part in our calendar to to be able to celebrate that together and say, "What are the new and exciting ways that God is is doing that in fresh ways for us this year?"
0: Part of uh, part of this year's hope lives, obviously, is kind of contextualized by coming out of the pandemic. I know you and I have talked previously about just how much our missional presence, our relationships with uh, people most on the margins, and you know, living for. The kind of people that Jesus was ultimately most for really took a hit during the pandemic because of the the, the absence and the in, inability to, to just be life on life with people. And so we viewed this year's hope lives almost like a reset. You know, looking at where our church is at, almost like a restart, like we're replanting, we're re- restarting and replanting locations. We've done a number of other things kind of to that end. So in the spirit of like hitting the reset button on this missional Christianity becoming a missional church what what is this year's focus uh gonna look like when it comes just to first of all to the hope Live series
1: yeah, absolutely, I know it feels like one of those moments where it's like you you kind of get these moments in life where you're like if I could reimagine who I was as a person or right now like you know, I'm in a, I live in a new town now. Who do I want to be? Like, what, what are the things that I like about myself? Who do I really want to be starting now? It's almost like we get that chance as a church again, right? Where it's like, you know, who, who are we as a church and what would we really want to lean into? And for us, I think that this, the year in hope lives, it just really has been affirming the way that we've seen God calling us to this lifestyle of missional community. And we're starting from this place of recognizing that the as Christians, we sort of had this idea uh, over the the centuries that you know that we're meant to act for what we've called the greater good. We're called to you know kind of to love our neighbors, and everyone's my neighbor, and so I should make the world better. And we almost feel like, oh yeah, okay, so yeah, that's that's what we're supposed to be doing. So as Christians, we we feel like this sense of like responsibility, or some might even say obligation, to do like good things for the world, but. You know, we can see historically, when we kind of look back at that, we're like, well, how's that played out? You know, the church has had this sense of, yeah, we should act for the greater good of the world. Historically, what has that actually meant? These good intentions that the church has had to lead, you know, lead the church and and lead the world in ways that are are going to just really impact the world in positive ways. Let's have good intentions to do that. But historically, we can see a lot of the ways that the church has done that, that's actually caused so much harm. You know, I th- I think back to uh, I mean growing up in Southern Africa for myself, there was the the context of sort of all of the years of, uh, of of Westerners coming into Africa, and they would overtly over the over the hundreds of years pursued this idea of you know Christianity, commerce, and civilization, and in all of those things woven together, just like the the impacts that still reverberate in Africa in a lot of really challenging ways. And we think about here in. North America, we've we, the conversation around residential schools and what has that meant? They, the impact of the church in bringing that, you know, throughout Canada here and in the states, You're even even simply like pursuing charity, right? The idea of of charity of helping others and actually causing harm through those efforts to, to try to help, you know, in ways that we've helped in ways that we've chosen, and that that's actually caused a lot of harm. So this year in Hope Lives, we're pursuing this idea and we're calling the series the Greater Good, because this pursuit of the greater good hasn't actually always worked out in that way, but God does actually have a redemptive invitation for us to pursue, uh, to pursue working in the world and moving in increasingly positive ways, in loving, accepting, healing ways, justice-oriented ways. So, that what does it actually look like for the church to be the force that daily and truly brings about good? and has a positive impact and just grows in this loving impact in the world around us. And we want to learn, okay, what does it actually mean to do to have that type of an impact rather than a harmful impact on the world around us?
0: Yeah, as we're hitting the reset button, rather than just kind of motivate and and facilitate our people becoming more active in doing good. uh, Your play on words is that we're going to look at a greater version, a greater way to do good, than a helping that hurts. Because so often that, that, and not to steal the, theories, the series thunder, but so often that mindset of charity actually propagates privilege and power and hierarchy and classes and misses the point of the, the humility and the reciprocity and the mutuality of the person of Jesus. And so uh, this greater version of good as we relaunch into uh, another year and another season of, of, missional Christianity and, 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 you know, embodying incarnating Jesus is something that I'm really looking forward to. I, I guess my next question would be given how important this series is, I wonder for some listeners, whether that actually feels counterintuitive because it might make people assume that when it comes to, this lifestyle of action and living missionally that it's actually mostly about Sundays. Mm. So describe for us, you know, kind of the role that, or, or why Sundays matter so much in a lifestyle of action, even though a lifestyle of action is way beyond Sundays.
1: Mm. Oh, I love that question. Hey, I think that, I think sometimes we do kind of, you know, even in living serve sort of this lifestyle and promoting this life, It almost feels like, you know, to the detriment of our Sundays, like, are we, are we de-emphasizing Sundays or what are we, what are our Sundays actually mean for us? And to me, I think that, um, that being able to actually lean into Sundays as a chance for us to be gathering together, to be able to be sharing in this message together, where we can be reminded about what we're all about as a community when we can come together and say hey let's let's rename guys, let's recenter again and be reminded what is Jesus calling us to again? Jesus uh, call to to love God and love each other and then to be able to unpack that together and to be able to sort of lean into oh, okay like what can that actually look like? What are the ways that we as, as churches have failed at that and the, and the global church has failed at that over the years and we can name that together and acknowledge that together. And then be able to strategize together in ways of saying, well, what, what's, a, what's the version that we should actually be leaning into? And then we get to actually celebrate together in ways where, you know, in, in trying to working those things out and saying, okay, we're living these things out together and we're trying them. Then we get to celebrate We're like, oh, wow, we're seeing the results of that. We're seeing the results of that in, in the community around us and in those relationships around us. And Sundays are massive for that, for that chance to regather and to re-envision and re-center on Jesus and to celebrate Jesus within that. So on a, on a, in a series like this and throughout our year, I just love the chance and the role that, that Sundays get to play uh, in how that just very tangible and physical lifestyle then gets to, get to be regathered and re-centered together as a community.
0: Yeah, it is an interesting dynamic around here because for, for so many years in becoming missional, we had to at some level kind of de-emphasize Sundays being the focal point in order to be able to emphasize, or or to rightly emphasize, the lifestyle of action, uh, and to get people kind of off that addiction to Sunday mornings, or even that that synonymous nature of faith being a church going lifestyle, we wanted to move faith from a church going lifestyle to a Jesus being lifestyle, to incarnating Christ in the in the world, and that in some sense kind of decenters or deemphasizes Sundays. But Sundays do have a critical role to play, don't they? In the launch pad of the lifestyle, and when you view Sundays as the launch pad of the lifestyle, now they take on a whole new level of importance that maybe they never had before,
1: even when they were the focal point. Oh, Absolutely. Well, and he, I, I even think that you know a lot of the times I've I've spoken to, uh, I mean, to our mutual colleague, to Tom Lowen, who who Uh, runs our inspiration department that does our sundays where so often when there's people who are living these lifestyle like living this lifestyle in ways that's just that just feels so bullseye where they're living in a mutual relationship with people experiencing marginalization and in that relationship they're learning from each other and they're they're drawing other people into that and they're creating this beautiful like change and social justice is happening around them so often the people who are living that uh have such a deep rooted understanding of what that means and they're living it out because of how rooted they've been in our Sundays, where they've they've been listening to the, the type of messaging and and been contributing by by participating in the spiritual practices that are helping to form who they are. And to me, I've just you know sometimes I I've I've said to to Tom and their team that man they're just you know any work that I would be you know trying to help to to help to foster that with people they're just going to bat and doing that work for me because they're just helping people to just be like this is what it's all about. And Sunday after Sunday, in helping us to not only learn it's not just consuming and learning but learn and listen and practice and everything and you can't i don't think you can have those things apart from from each other or if you do i think you'd be a more shallow version so it's beautiful to see those things working hand in hand
0: well and as you describe tom and in the inspiration department as some of your primary assets in envisioning and inspiring the the way of life of jesus especially through uh compassion and justice what we refer to as as action you know, speak to the flip side, speak to the person who wants to live out the way of Jesus, wants to be justice and compassion oriented, but doesn't feel like they need Sundays or need that communal experience in a large group gathering, because they already get it, or they already are kind of living it, and they don't just want to talk about it. Why are Sundays important for that person?
1: Well, because just because of that, you know, they are saying that they're there, there can be kind of a, a surface level engagement that we can sometimes tend to do where we see, yeah, justice is important and yeah, we want to advocate and yeah, we, we see and we feel the angst you know, of sort of a discontentment in the world around us, which I think is beautiful. But there's, we can want to engage in those things and we can have a real strong sense that something should be done about it. But disconnecting ourselves from, uh, from the body and, and in this context, from the body of Christ and disconnecting from ourselves from that and really from rootedness in going deeper in, in different ways together with the community in how we're learning about Jesus and how we're engaging in spiritual practices around the person of Jesus, Jesus, who is the one who I think leads us most deeply into caring about social justice. Jesus cares about this more deeply and knows it more, more deeply than any of us do individually for the people who are experiencing it and collectively for those, the broader like issues at large in our community. If we're not engaging in the community and the body of Christ to do that together, then it's going to be harder for us to actually be able to go deeper with with ourselves, to be able to actually be drawn deeper into the nuts and bolts and really the flesh and blood of what this actually looks like in how do I work together with other people to have this impact on people who have experienced negative impact from us? How do I actually have somebody alongside me who's there to help to keep me accountable to doing this in ways that are loving and wise? How do I challenge other people and draw them along to do it? Without that, I think that we're actually kind of on our own and that we can kind of be doing it in surface levels and and be missing the deep change and the personal face-to-face relationship orientation that Jesus calls us to. And I I would never want us to miss that by not engaging in the gathering of us all together to have that experience together. Yeah,
0: for the person who's living that others-oriented lifestyle of compassion and justice that doesn't feel like Sundays matter to them anymore, my answer is, in the same way that you're living that others-oriented lifestyle, Sundays aren't necessarily about you. And in this communal vision that you have of all of us living this way together, you know, remember the, the teachings of Hebrews 10 that say, don't neglect meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage each other to love and good deeds, encourage each other all the more until you see the, the the day of christ approaching and and you know sundays again this is what makes a missional sunday or a missional gathering so significant they're not just about providing content especially content that a person who's already living it doesn't necessarily need they're about providing encouragement and about galvanizing a community around this way of life that we're inspiring. And if you're listening, thinking, Oh, I've already got Sundays down. I don't need Sundays. Cause I'm, I'm too busy living the life of compassion and justice. Well, guess what? Other people in the community need you and they need your encouragement and they need your enthusiasm and your invitation and your envisioning for them to live that way. So, you know, get your butt back to Sunday <laughs> to, to, to be, the launch pad for other people don't just think that because you've launched into this way of life that you don't need to be around there anymore. It's not just about you and in the same other's orientation that you want to live during the week. Hey, let's live that out on Sundays as well so that we can be this full missional force as a community, not just foster this individual personal uh, missional life in your your own Christ followership. It's about more than you, I guess, is my is my big idea there. Yeah, I love that. I would say, um, you know, t- t- specifically to our gatherings, though, this, this whole dynamic of our mission and missional expression and our gatherings uh, has been something that we're trying to level up recently. And I know you and I talked about this t- 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 10 or so weeks ago. So just remind us for this conversation, because we want to keep the vision fresh, w- what do we mean by integrating our missional gatherings. What do we mean by those words?
1: Well, I think that for us, what it's emerging as, it's something we're still discovering what, we, how, what that can mean for us and how that can play out. But what that means for us is we're, we're learning to, to try to lean into it is the idea that we don't want to kind of separate or divorce or uh, have rifts between the different aspects of this lifestyle of full devotion to Jesus Um, in the parts of the community that Jesus is calling us to be. And I think that Jesus is calling us to be a pretty diverse community. I think that's the call that we definitely feel strongly as a Southridge community of, the diversity of being able to be a community that looks hopefully beyond ourselves and sees people that we've often overlooked and that we ourselves personally as a Southridge community and that we've been guilty of and continue to be guilty of, that we're we're overlooking people. And we want to just be growing in how we're actually seeing people who are being overlooked, people who are experiencing challenges in our community. And within that, we don't just want to kind of hold people at an arm's length and then be able to sort of charitably serve and sort of, you know, give, you know, from our excess and sort of be able to have this kind of separation where, yeah, let's make sure that there's something happening for those people, but kind of keep it separate from ourselves. I think that the vision that we're kind of feeling that Jesus has been calling us to, and that at this point we can testify to experiencing in our lives as individuals and as a community, is that oh wow yeah when we lean into relationship with people who are who have had such radically different experiences from us you know social experience and people of different uh, economic backgrounds and various different forms of poverty that different people have experienced if we can be leaning into those experiences together we get to see a whole new aspect of the person of Jesus that we otherwise don't get to see in our kind of narrow area of focus. Uh, as individuals or as individuals who have such closely similar kind of social and cultural and religious experiences. And so if we're leaning into relationship with people, I mean, a genuine relationship is a relationship that's um, that's able to be embracing each other and being able to be together in a variety of contexts. And one of them really has to do with the missional, ga- with the gathering itself. And we want that gathering to be this integrated gathering so that we can actually say, well, let's do this together. Let's not just serve people as if they're other than us, but let's actually gather together. And actually, that might mean that we might have to change how we gather, but actually, that's great. Because based on my experience, I actually get to see more of Jesus when I change my perspective based on somebody else. So that's the idea of integrating these gatherings, is saying, like, actually, let's do this together and see what Jesus wants to do with that. Yeah, one of the things I
0: feel like we've struggled with as a, as a church is just how d- disparate the vibes are between our gatherings and our mission. Our missional expressions are these, you know, reciprocal life on life, you know, unity and diversity, beautiful pictures of the kingdom, but you could attend on a Sunday and not really know that. You could show up at Southridge and not realize that Southridge is any different than any other church or, or any different than any other service or program. And it's like, how do we make our Sundays Inescapably synonymous with who we are, and how do we integrate more of this beautiful missional activity into how we gather? And so, I guess a practical question would be for you what are some ideas, or maybe what have we even done so far to kind of move in that direction and to start growing in integrating our mission with our gatherings?
1: Yeah, I mean, because we have such diverse communities, I mean specific to us you know we have a few different communities that we connect with in our different you know, three different Thirds locations and so as an example in our in our vineland community just recognizing we, and we've been talking about this with our vineland community recently and we we just continue to try to, to figure this out together but in vineland we connect with migrant farm workers in in our area and there's just thousands of of migrant farm workers who come into the area and who are just who are living decades of their lives, three quarters of the year every year, some for some of our friends all year long, and are away from their families, away from their own home community, and they're right in our community. And as we're connecting with them, you know, there's these beautiful relationships that we have. And, you know, myself and my family would have just friends from the Caribbean, from Trinidad and, and Tobago and from Jamaica and Grenada and St. Vincent. And we have all these friends of ours and we connect and we have barbecues together and we hang out and but on Sunday mornings, we go to church and we're there and we're predominantly, you know, white congregation and we don't have a lot of integration in that space. And a huge reason for that is because of the fact that our friends are working on Sunday mornings largely. And one of the ways that we've tried to change that has been, well, what if we start to experiment with moving from a Sunday morning gathering? And what does that look like? And, you know, does that look like a Sunday evening gathering or does that look like an evening gathering of another sort? And that's been one of those interesting things. And even though it's one thing, I just I don't want to um, just gloss that over, recognizing that we probably maybe even deeper than we realize uh, as churchgoers have just this really strong affinity towards our identity with a Sunday morning gathering. And so when we want to change that, you know, to be able to sort of say, well, let's integrate better, a small change, which is, well, let's change from a Sunday morning gathering. I mean, that can feel pretty big for our community.
0: How could our, how could our gatherings become integrated? Well, let's not have them on Sunday morning anymore. And And that, you know, can totally mess with people. But I, I, I like what you said earlier in in the sense that, you know the, the the way of life of mission, the way of life of compassion and justice, is so inherently sacrificial and privilege relinquishing that those behaviors, those take me out of my comfort zone, to grow and change me, uh, kind of experiences, those are so integral to our mission and to a lifestyle of compassion and justice that hey maybe maybe requiring more of that in our gatherings is or maybe requiring more of that in how we gather is the way forward. So, any other when you talk about the the nuance and the diversity of different locations, anything else you want to speak to?
1: Yeah, I mean we 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 talk about that even with our you know, in our well-in-location where we connect with people experiencing food and housing insecurity. And there it's interesting as well, because we have a lot of people who have experienced, you know, hurt from the church that just have some really deep insecurities and and fears and hurts from the church and, and valid ones. And for us being able to say, well, we have a Friday evening gathering that we do in our auditorium, in our church auditorium space, that's people from the community coming to have a meal together. And that's our Southridge community coming to share a meal with people who are experiencing food insecurity and just being together and being community and hanging out together. And for us, we've been wanting to figure out how to, to integrate that, that for those who are now experiencing church in a safer way, that we don't want to impose church in a way that's going to make them feel unsafe. But we also really want them to feel welcome and saying, you know, as we've grown to love each other, our gatherings are really super important to, to those of us who are from the Southridge community. And, and we just want you to feel welcome there with an open door. And and just to know that we want that to be a safe space for you as well. And there, similarly, we've just, it's been a minor tweak, but we've just changed from a 10, 10 o'clock time in the morning to 1030, recognizing that that actually works better for our friends who access buses and for the bus schedules and being able to actually get to our services. And now we've been talking just even you know, more across our locations, like what would we need to change? What would we need to change stylistically or culturally or linguistically or just in a, in a broad kind of sense? What are the kind of things that we can change then to really integrate better, better so that our gatherings really feel um, just open and invitational for just a broad spectrum of people? Hmm. And
0: one clarity that I know you've provided a number of times is that the spirit behind Integrating missional gatherings is not to get people we've befriended on the margins uh, to become projects that we try to convert through bringing them to our large group services. The spirit is actually to live this fuller, more robust communal life together. And so talk a little bit about just the difference between those, because I think for some people, and, and even for some people, some, some friends that we serve and have, have uh, been able to foster relationship with, we can be a bit gun shy to, to embrace that invitation to church because we might feel like, oh, it's, I'm, I'm feeling like a project now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, and it's, it's exactly that, that we, these are genuine relationships that we're, we're fostering and learning to foster and realizing that even as we're inviting and trying to, to go beyond ourselves with people who are different than ourselves, we're connecting with people because we're different. Difference goes both ways. And there are friends that we're, that we're connecting with who we are different to them. And they would experience that as well. And we, we just really want them to know that we embrace them and we, we, we love them or getting to, getting to know each other and loving each other because of who they are as individuals. And that you know, we're just seeing a lot of those individual friendships you know that I, I would experience for myself and my family, and we'd have some, and across our community that there's just individuals who are connecting with other individuals. And there's so many of those. The stories are very specific and go on and on of just how dynamic it is when you start to have your eyes open by, oh wow, this person is so different than me. And I'm, I'm seeing a whole new uh, a realm and, and understanding uh, who God is and what the world is like around me because of this person. And within that, we want to be open. So we don't want to just, you know, at that point, our friends aren't projects, they're friends. And as friends, you just want to share your whole, you know, you want to share life with friends. And for us as a community, then that means, well, let's not, let's not use a Sunday morning and who we are as a church to like, let's try to change and convert and should and turn our friends into a project. But our Sundays are actually something that we do hold deeply and dearly and we love and just we're impacted by so we really want to make that open. And so we want to be able to say, well, how do I find that balance where I'm not using a Sunday uh, as to try to turn this into a project to try to change a friend of mine, but how am I inviting a friend to a Sunday that I find actually does change me and impact me? And so I want to invite them to have that experience if they'd like to as well. There's a bit of nuance to that, but I think that it's really important.
0: Nate, the whole picture of this is what we call a missional community. So it's not a mission versus, you know, community gatherings, whatever, ultimately this, this is a whole way of life that we get to live together where we're incarnating Jesus and encouraging each other to, to become Jesus. It's just, just such a beautiful picture. And you've been doing a great job helping move our local church in that direction. Um, as our members and leaders are listening, uh, as we wrap up today, are there any final thoughts or encouragements or challenges uh, specifically around, you know, leveraging the power of our gatherings in order to
1: become this kind of community to a greater degree? Yeah, well, first of all, I think the recognizing that recognizing that our gatherings are meant to be not just something that we consume, but something that we um, are able to participate in together in ways where we get, to, uh, we get to learn and we get to hear, but we get to offer ourselves. And you mentioned earlier just the idea that our Sundays aren't just, they're not really for us in that regard. Our Sundays are actually to honor God. Our Sundays are actually to be able to, um, to receive uh, from God what God wants to, to be able to speak into us in that way. And I think if we can come into our Sundays with a posture of, you know, Jesus, what is it What is it that you, or what is the way that I can honor you in this moment? You just deserve all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. I'm going to come into this space and I'm going to just offer that to you. When we're doing that shoulder to shoulder with people who are living a lifestyle who are also asking those same questions about social justice and who are also in relationship with people experiencing marginalization and who are also trying to find out ways that they can be impacted by people who have experienced different lives than themselves. When we can have a gathering that has that type of posture and that we recognize that we're doing that in solidarity with each other, then I think that that actually completely transforms who we are. And it gives us that opportunity to see Jesus in a new way that really becomes You know, not just generically, love your neighbor as yourself. We actually start to realize, oh, loving my neighbor as myself looks like this. And the regathering here re-motivates myself, the people around me, the new people who are now around me because our community is changing and and looking like a different thing. And I think it becomes this really living and vibrant and uh, inspirited moment that we have together on Sunday mornings or Sunday evenings or Friday evenings or whenever that starts to become as we're together as a community. And so I just I just love the gathering together and the opportunity it presents for us to be that living and vibrant community.
0: Fantastic. Nate, thanks for uh, inspiring us again. And we really look forward to the series that's coming up uh, in a couple of weeks' time called Hope Lives. If you're uh, a leader from outside of Southridge, be sure to check it out. If you are from Southridge, make sure you are there and encourage others uh, to join in as well so that we can not only be inspired by those series uh, mornings, uh, those times together, but so that we can be encouragers uh, and inspired to live this way of life all the, all the time throughout the week. So Nate, thanks for being here. I guess we'll see you in 10 more weeks. <laughs> I look forward to
1: that. I'm glad to be back and, on the, on the uh, route.
0: That's great. And thanks to all of you uh, for joining in again this week. We'll see you in about seven days time as we continue finding our way together.
1: Take care, everybody.